You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. So let's talk today about what's next. Because, okay, Easter's over. We're Christians. Our sins are under the blood. Our name is recorded in heaven. You know, all of that, what next? I mean, is that the end? Now we just show up and sing a few songs and listen to somebody ramble on for a half hour and pray and go home? What's next? We've been talking about that, the fruit of the Spirit, unity, the gifts that God has given into the church so that we can know what his will is and know what next, what's next and not get lost in some of that. Well, another thing, and you know, in, in all that, there's been, there's been something that's, kind of been mentioned behind all of that, but we're kind of getting, really getting there now. And we're not going to finish today. I'll go ahead and tell you that this is a two-parter today, okay? This is part one. We're going to be talking about spiritual gifts today. Now, this is part one, all right? And part one is a lot of setup. You know, it's kind of like, man, if you, you miss part one, I mean, if, if, you ever, if you ever seen a sequel in a movie that, and you didn't see the first one, you know, you know how confused you can be? Say, Wait, who is that person? You know, that kind of a thing. So, I, I hope, I hope you know, you'll hang on to what you've got out of this service because next week we want to go a little deeper, all right? So last week when we wrapped up, I really challenged you to have impact in the community, in your, in your circle of friends, the places that you go, work, school, all those kinds of things. To, for, that's what God has called us to do is to have impact. And I really want to ask you, how many of you had that chance and that opportunity and wanted you to raise your hand? But I, I'm really afraid a lot of us would be embarrassed that we couldn't raise our hand. You know, what I, you know what I discovered this week? I discovered this week that not a lot changed about my life. You know, I didn't have like a hundred poor people come up to my door and say, hey, can you help me out? Not a lot changed. It's not like God just changed all the, the people that I connect to or the, that there was more opportunity there. But you know what changed? It wasn't really what was going on around me. It was what was going on here. That when I began focusing, trying to refocus again and get my head on, wait a minute, God, I, I've got to be paying attention to the people who are around me. When I started focusing on that, it's like nothing really changed other than the fact I started seeing people again for the needs that they had in their life. You know, it's so easy if we're not careful, we get wrapped up in all the junk going on around us and maybe sometimes even the blessings going on around us that we get so wrapped up in that and we're either excited because God is blessing us or we're like, oh God, you got to help us. And we forget to look and see if there's somebody else around us that also needs that prayer or also needs part of that blessing. And that when we focus our attention again on, on having impact, then God can just show us what's already there. It's not that he needs to send, you know, a dozen people to knock on your door or, or a dozen people to send you an email and ask you for money. They're already there. They were there last week. It's just getting the focus to say, wait a minute, there's got to be somebody. And every single day this week, I've had the chance to impact someone's life because they've always been there. So I, I, want, I want to challenge you again. And next Sunday, maybe that if I ask that question, how many of you had a chance to impact someone? I'm hoping you could raise your hand. If I ask that question and ask you to raise your hand, I, I want you to be there. I want you to do that. As your pastor, that's what I want to I help you with, to see that uh, Joey Ellenberg's got the shirt on today. A lot of you have the shirt. Joey's got it on. It's not about me. There's so much more that is going on in Christianity. 
than about getting my, my sins forgiven and about having my name recorded in heaven and about my eternity. There's so much more that needs to happen, and it's already all around us. So make sure you do that. Then, but, but, Pastor, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that exactly. So that's why God gave us last week, as we talked about, he put all these people in our lives in the church to help us stay focused. And then he gives us all these gifts. Let's, let's read about them. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning of verse 4. There are diversities of gifts with the same spirit. There are differences of ministries with the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Okay, here, I want you to get this first, is that there is a plan, right? There is one plan. He says, see all this, there's all these diversities and differences and all these different things, but it's all one. You remember last week we talked about this, how there is this one unity. There's this one faith. It is T-H-E, the, not A, not any faith, but the faith. God's got an overall plan. You know, uh, have you ever, have you ever um, done something and the next day you wake up, you know, you know maybe, maybe you were working in your yard or something, or maybe you went and you purchased something, or you, you did something, and the next day you wake up and say, you know what I should have done? Anybody done that? Yeah? Do you know God has never said that in all of history? God has never said, well, you know what I should have done yesterday? He has always had this over-encompassing plan that everything fits under already. And so he doesn't have to fix it tomorrow. <laughs> he doesn't have to go up and, and, and make that thing work better tomorrow. It already works. It's already right there, okay? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So what he's saying is there's this one big, huge dream, and there's all these different things going on, but it's one God, it's one Spirit, it's one Lord, but then when it gets to us, it's like this, okay? It's one here, but it's like this, okay? This manifestation. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. The Spirit, again, <laughs> definite article, the Spirit. There's one Spirit, but there's a word of wisdom, one gift. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. So there's this one big plan, okay? There's not a hundred and something plans in here today that God has. There's this one big plan for what he's doing here, and, but then he, he distributes these gifts and these gifts. And, 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 and you're looking at some of those, and I know some of you are saying, wow, yeah, that's, that's probably for him and her and him and her. But, man, I, I don't see anything up there that, you know, God could use me to do. Right, hang on there, all right? Now, th th let me say this before we, we go into the rest of this message. That And thank you for the confirmation, Kurt, with your devotion uh, with us, with the prayer team this morning. Is this morning... Y'all ever heard of the KISS principle, K-I-S-S? -S? Thank you, yes. Y'all didn't have to call me stupid, right, when you said it, to keep it simple, stupid. But keep it simple, stupid. Just keep it simple, right? And, you know, we just, we just make things so difficult sometimes, even in church, okay? Y'all ever heard this, this, uh, this analogy of not being able to see the forest or the Okay, you've heard that one, right? Okay, so let's talk about that, that analogy for just a little bit. The forest and the trees, okay? Now, what this analogy is all about is, uh, man, there's so many things that really are there, but one of the things that, that it is about is, is the trees become obstacles. 
the trees become obstacles. You know, the, that, the forest is full of trees, but if we, if we focus on the tree, the tree becomes the obstacle to see the forest. Okay, so what do I want to share with you here for just a moment is I want to talk about opinions and truth. Opinions are the trees. The truth is the forest. And the opinions are not equal to the forest. Just like one tree or even five trees do not equal the forest. The forest is so much bigger and deeper and more lush and more beautiful and, and, and full of so much more of everything than one or two or five trees is. And opinions, just like trees, will obstruct your view, keep you from seeing the whole truth. Now, it doesn't, doesn't mean that they always do, but pretty much so, an opinion, if you allow it, it will keep you from seeing the truth. Okay, so let me give you a couple of uh, instances right here. This was, this was um, I don't know how many years ago, 20 years ago probably, a couple of pastor friends of mine, you know, and, and so some of you guys are just barely 20 or just a little bit over that, so you're thinking, okay, so these are some old guys right now, right? So, yeah, they, they're really, really old right now, I guess, yeah. But uh, they, were, they were discussing theology. They were discussing where they, you know, where they stood on certain things and, and everything. You know, already, we're, it sounds like we're talking about opinions, doesn't it? So they were talking about theology, and uh, they agreed on everything. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, and they finally got to one thing. One thing they didn't agree on, all right? Now, I'm not going to tell you what the one thing is they didn't agree on, not because I'm just mean, or I've got a cliffhanger here, but because I don't remember. <laughs> that's, not, that's not really the point of the story. There was something, and I can't remember what it was, that they did not agree on. And you know what they decided to do? They decided, or how do we say it? We say they agreed to disagree, right? So they agreed to disagree. And you know what? As they were talking about this thing that they did not agree on, you know what I noticed? Not a one of them ever quoted a scripture. Now, we're talking about theology. We're not talking about somebody's batting average, you know, in the, in the major leagues. We're not talking about somebody's win-loss record in college football. We're talking about theology. And these two pastors, older pastors, that didn't agree on something, they're, and they weren't really arguing because they were agreeing to disagree, but their discussion, their debate, their argument had nothing to do with Scripture. As a matter of fact, they both said, well, you know, that's just what I've heard all my life, and so that's what I believe. If your pastor, Pastor Rick, me, I'm talking about, if, if I ever get up and, and I tell you that, please disregard anything I say after that. If I, if I tell you that I don't have any scripture of that, but I've always heard this, so this is what I believe, don't listen to the next thing that comes out of my mouth because that's opinion. And how many of us, how many of us are keeping ourselves from what's next? Gifts and fruit of the Spirit. I, I know we really want those gifts, man. Yeah, but even the fruit of the Spirit operating in our lives like it's supposed to. How many of us keep ourselves from that because of our opinions? And you see, today, today we're in a, an era that, uh, a lot of people count as different. Something new is happening because there's this uh, there's this attitude of uh, you know this attitude of awareness now. We're being more aware 
of people around us, what's going on. Wokeness, you know, is, is part of that. Or deconstructing, you know, people deconstructing their faith, right? You know, I, I, we always call that unlearning, you know. And you know what you need to unlearn? You know what you need to deconstruct? Opinion. <laughs> you know, you need, you need to just get that, unlearn, that stuff you shouldn't have learned, the opinions. You need to get rid of that, okay? But we need to be careful that, listen, there, there are people out there to tell you anything you want to hear. And with, man, with the proliferation of, uh, of, the, um, of the internet, you know, you can find them all. <laughs> you know, you can find this one to say this, this one to say this. And so, you know, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves lost even in a search for truth. You know, because saying, listen, is, because this is what I'm hearing some people say today. You know, I'm hearing people say, not, not, not my two friends from years ago, but I'm hearing people say today, well, you know what? I've been listening to people lately, and I'm hearing this for the last several months. And so I believe, da 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 Let me tell you, saying, I have been listening, and this is what I've been hearing for the last few months, so this is what I believe, is just as much error and just as much dangerous as saying, well, this is what I've always heard growing up, and so this is what I believe. They're both. They're, they're both dangerous because they're both based on opinion. We must make sure that we differentiate between opinion and truth. Don't, please. Let, let, me, let me caution you. Be careful that you don't just change your mind. But that you find truth. The important thing is to find truth. Okay? And you will find, you will find people to tell you all, all manner of kinds of stuff. And, and so that's why I said we're just going to keep it simple today. We're, we're not going to talk about all that stuff. Man, I've heard all kinds of stuff about fruit of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, all kinds of things. But we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about my opinion or the opinions of people that I've heard growing up. We're going to keep it simple. You know, here's, a, here's another thing about this, uh, these forests and trees is that this analogy is also about getting lost in the minutiae. Y'all know anybody like that? That can start off in a discussion and pretty soon y'all both lost, don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Y'all know people like that? Y'all chuckling, so I figure you know somebody like that, right? Getting lost. There's an episode of a, one of the sitcoms Dave and I have watched a whole lot, and uh, it's in re been reruns for, I don't know, 15 years or so, maybe more of that, don't know how old it is, is Everybody Loves Raymond. And uh, this, there's this one episode. I looked it up to watch it again the other night just so I could uh, make sure I, I kind of got the story straight. I think it's episode six, uh, uh, episode 19 of season six. And Deborah, the, the, the wife, she tells, she lets Raymond know that, hey, our daughter, Allie, she's 10, 11, maybe 12. She's asking, you know, how babies get here. And so it ends up that Raymond is going to go tell, there is no way in the real world that Raymond, who he is, is going to explain to his 10, 11, 12-year-old daughter about the facts of life. But that, that, you know, for the sitcom to be funny, he has to be the one to do it, right? And so, they, so he ends up, you know, after a few more laughs and a few more jokes and everything, he ends up in her room and he says, hey, Allie, uh, uh, I heard you had questions about how babies get here. And you want to talk about that now? She says, sure. And so he sits down on the other end of the bed and, and he's got this stack of books 
and magazines and, uh, and brochures and even, even a notepad where he's taking some notes. And he lays them all out on the toy box there at the foot of her bed. And, you know, he's got them all there. And he's, he's ready now, you know. You know, some of y'all remember that moment, you know. You know, and you're, you're, he's ready. He's, he's ready to answer the question. So he turns. He says, so Allie, when a man and a woman love each other, they get married. You know, and then I think he takes a deep breath here. He says, and when they want to have a baby, here's what they do. And so he's ready for that, right? And she says, no, I know that they have to do something, but why are we here? Why are babies born? You know, if we're going to end up in heaven, why does God put us here in the first place? And I love Raymond's answer. It's like, uh, what? <laughs> and, and then a couple minutes later, he says, he's, he's looking over at his, all his notes and everything. He said, you sure you don't want to talk about sex? <laughs> you know, he'd rather talk to her about sex, right, than the meaning of life. And that's what uh, kind of the, the, the rest of the episode is about. It's like he missed the point, right? Is, is all she wanted to know is, well, all she wanted to know was the meaning of life. Is why are we here? But he kind of got focused, and, and, and Deborah probably misunderstood in the first place. But they got focused on this one tree, you know, sex, and they missed that. You know, she's talking about the whole thing. You see, and we do that if we're not careful. I, I listen. I've been around a lot of different churches. I mean, a lot of different uh, denominations, and. Uh, uh, being able to work with First Priority, I got to connect with a whole lot of different people. Let me tell you what, there's some weird out there. You know, there's some weird, and if you're not careful, you'll get, you'll get roped into the weird also. There's a lot of weird out there. But God doesn't want us to get so focused on one aspect that we miss this big, beautiful truth out here that he has. He wants, he wants us to get it. Let me, let me show you the scripture. Let me take you to the book of Acts. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. And uh, Simon Peter is talking to them about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he says, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promises to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. I, I don't know where you are in life and who you're connected to in life, okay? Um, but some of you have, have had people tell you, well, you know, that's just not going to happen in your life. I mean, I, I remember hearing a lot of people when I, was, when I was younger, well, yeah, they're really excited about Jesus right now, but give them a couple of years, you know, and that'll all wear off. Or I've heard people say, well, you know, it takes a little, you know, there's these elitists in the spirit realm, you know, in our churches that, well, it takes a little something extra for God to give you this extra and whatever. You know, and I've, I've heard all these arguments, debates, opinions. I've heard all these and I've heard them from so many different directions and whatever. And, you know, again, <laughs> I've seen this church focus on this tree and this church focus on this tree and that church focus on this tree and you know, build theologies out of trees instead of the whole truth that God has for us and get focused on one thing and miss all the rest of it. You know, and if you're not careful, you, can, you get caught up in that. And so, so 
Where do we find truth? Well, listen, as Christians, you know what we believe? We believe there's only one place to really find truth. And thank God he left it for us in the Word of God. And about this whole thing about spiritual gifts, how do we get there? Well, if there is a formula or if there is a way, it's right there. Okay? Now, I know you say, that's just one scripture right there. How, how can you say that's, that's it? Because Simon Peter said that's it. Now, and Simon Peter wasn't talking to a couple of people. Does anybody know how many people he was preaching to right here? We know that 3,000 souls got saved this day after this sermon. So we don't, but we don't know how many people he was actually preaching to when he said that. Can you imagine Simon Peter saying, well, I'm just going to tell everybody a little bit of it. No, he's preaching to thousands. And so he lays, and so if this is enough for thousands, <laughs> it must be enough for me and you. And so he lays it out like this. You know, there's not this that you've got to do to get there and this that you've got to do. To get, what's next in this power of, of having this in my life? There's not this you've got to do and this you've got to do or the whatever. Or it's not just for this one and not for that one. It's not just for a certain church or a certain place or a certain time. Here it is. He says, repent of your sins. Now, what, uh, now repent doesn't mean saying I'm sorry. You know, I mean, if you say, I'm sorry that it hurt when I slapped you, but I'm probably about to do it again. You aren't sorry, really, right? That's not what repent means. Repent means I am sorry, not that it hurt, I'm sorry that I did that and I won't do it again. Repent means turn. Repent of your sins and turn to God. So repent, you know, it's not, it doesn't mean I'm so sorry for my sin because I know I'm going to hell if I don't get some forgiveness. That's not what repent is. Repent says I am sorry for the way I'm living my life and I'm turning and going a different direction. That's what repent, repentance is. And then what does he say to do? Give some evidence of that repentance. Be baptized. Because Jesus commanded us to be baptized. It's the Great Commission. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to deserve all things. So repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Incidentally, let me do just a little commercial right here. Two, two weeks from today, I believe it is. Two weeks from today, we have a baptism service right here. And if you've never been baptized, but you have repented, you've turned away from your sin, you've turned toward God, and you've never been baptized, you need to take this second step. You need to take this second step. And so if you will just text the word baptism to, to 476-2911, we'll get you all the information you need to know. And that doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're signed in blood, I'm going to be baptized that day. Just to get the information, text us that baptism to 476-2911. And we'll get you the information so you can be ready. You can ask any questions you want to ask about that. But that's the second step. (coughs) And then he says, then you will receive. You know, today, if we'd put that, you know, in a message, we'd have put then, period, (laughs) you, period, will, period, receive, period, right? Because that's then. After. Those are the only two prerequisites there. It's to repent, to turn from your sin, to be baptized. Then you will, not maybe, might or I hope, no, then you will receive. That's all that's there. Then you will receive. And who is this promise to? Uh, it's just to those people. I've heard people say that too. It's just those people Peter was talking to. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. If you've repented, you've been called by the Lord your God. 
if you've answered, then you've been called. It is to everyone who has been called. <clears throat> so let me say this. So when you get when you get somebody throwing what what, what about what, is, what about this what about this what about this let me let me say this if God is God he can do whatever he wants right and I know we see examples in the scripture and we say well I never saw that in the scripture did 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 God say he was limiting himself to the way he did this or that in scripture I mean, probably, I know some of you have received blessings in your life in ways that are not marked in the Bible. You haven't seen those in that way. If God is, but if God is God, he can do whatever he wants. Now, here's the really good news, though, okay? Well, just before I say that, let me, let me say this. You know, you're probably going to accept that in two different ways. If you've got God in a little box then you don't like what I just said about God doing what he can, wants to. Because you've already figured out this is who God is, and I give him an hour and a half on Sunday morning, so this is who he is. And you don't like the rest of that. You, you don't like the fact that I said, no, if he's God, he doesn't fit in your box. But if you have decided you want to turn everything over to him, and you believe, Jeremiah 29, 11, that he has an awesome dream for your life with a future and a hope, then you like when I say God can do whatever he wants. If you've turned it over to him, you're glad to hear that, that he's God and he can do whatever he wants. That's good news. That's good news to somebody who's following him, that he's not bound by everybody else's boxes out there, that he can bring this whole truth out of this forest of all of the good stuff, and it's not bound by what one little person's opinion who is focused on one little tree of all the forest out there, that it's not bound by that, that God can still do whatever God wants to do. That's the good news. And, and here's the real good news. Is you know what God wants? God wants you to live in his power. That's what he wants. I mean, that's what he says there in that scripture. He wants you to live in his power. And that's what I want. I want to see you quit worrying and worrying over the same problems over and over. I want to see you quit getting beat up by the same mistakes over and over. I want to, to see you walk away from your past and not even think about it anymore. I want to see you set free. I want to see you out in the community and seeing amazing, awesome things happening because the power of God is in your life. I'm not talking to just pastors and preachers here today. I'm talking to people who have repented, turned from their sin, and been baptized. This promise is to you to walk in his amazing power, to live in his amazing power. That's the promise that he's given to you. Now, I've got to wrap this up. This is my third point, but it's going to be real quick, I hope. I hope. All right? Is the purpose of these gifts. Because sometimes we, we forget about this. See, I know some churches that the tree that they, they, they've studied about all this stuff is how the gifts operate in the church. But is that what this is about? It's about how much time do we spend here? You know, you've got 168 hours every week, right? And so if we spent 1.68 uh, hours in church, that's about what most of us spend probably, a little over an hour and a half, right? 1.68. Then how much of our week is spent in this church service? What percent? 
That's one. One percent. Now, do you think God says, I'm going to give you gifts. I'm going to give you these awesome gifts in your life for one percent. This little sliver of your life on Sunday morning. No. There's no way he does that. What did, what did he say he would do? Now, I, I don't have time to read all that scripture I was going to read, uh, Beverly, so you have to jump me to my last, my last one, please. It's Acts chapter 1. I was going to give you all these, but, but I, I know what I'll do is I'll spend time talking about all of that in there, okay? Maybe I can come back to it next week. But the disciples are, Jesus is trying to talk to the disciples about this, this power and these gifts. But the disciples said, well, let me ask you about the end times. Man, I've had that happen so many times. <laughs> you know, pastor, you know, having a, a class on something. You know, and I'm teaching something. And somebody said, Pastor, can I ask you, do you think this is a sign of Jesus coming back or whatever? And, and, and Jesus had to say, okay, da 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 He cut him off real quick, gave him a little quick answer. So now let me get back to talking about spiritual gifts. Okay, and so he gets back to talking about it. He says, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates of the, and times, and they are not for you to know. Talking about the end of times. But let me get back to this thing about spiritual gifts, he's saying. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay, now listen. Now, wait. He's talking to the disciples right here. He's not talking to all those 3,000 souls, is he, that Simon Peter was preaching? Well, no, but wait a minute. Remember, there's, there's this one truth here. There's this one forest of all the things God is going to do, all the manifestations and the dis distinct things and the ways, different things, way, but it is one spirit doing all of this. So this is not separate from that. This is exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about what's going to happen in Acts chapter 2. He's talking about what's going to happen there. And, and he says, this, when the spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses everywhere. So he's not just telling disciples that I'm going to give you a power that is going to make you able to share, share my good news and to share, and to share the, the powers of, of the Holy Spirit with other people and to see miracles happen. He's not just telling that to these disciples, but to the same people like Simon Peter was saying, to all who are afar off, who have repented and who have been baptized. I want to give you this power so that you can be my witnesses everywhere. So where we began this message, talking about last week's message about impact, how do you get impact? So I don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit that Jesus wants to give you, this power that Jesus wants to give you and put inside of you, maybe for some of you who aren't even a Christian yet today, but you say, wait a minute, I want, I want this. And you say, I'll turn, from, I'll turn from that and I'll turn toward God. I, and I'll declare that through baptism and telling people I'm a Christian. I mean, that's Romans 10, 9 and 10, my favorites, right? You've heard that. But that's what that means is those, do those things. Then he says, and I'll give you this power. Let me, t let me tell you, it, this power is not for this 1% that we have here. And if you go to a grow group, praise God, but you spend, what, another 1.6 hours there? So that's 2% of your time. It's not just for that either. But this power is for you at home. So that in the middle of the night, when you can't sleep because something is disturbing your peace, that you can take a hold of this power and pray the prayer of faith. So that in the middle of the night, when your child wakes you up and you go and there's a, there's a fever, this power is there for you in that time so that you can pray the prayer of faith and through the gift of healing can call that healing down into your child's body. 
so for your, your finances or whatever else is going on in your life, that you can pray and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you pray for the power of God in your life and pray and believe that. It's, it's, it's for you to have, not in these 2% of the time that we have together on a Sunday morning in a grow group, but for you in school or, or at work or wherever you are. So when somebody says, hey, I got a problem, that you don't just you know, give them a, a good quote from the last Avengers movie that you saw, but that the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance something that you studied and that you heard or that you read in the scripture or you heard in a song on a Sunday morning or maybe in a sermon or maybe at Grow Group and the Holy Spirit reminds you and he gives you this moment of knowledge or wisdom so that you can speak something into them or that you can say, let me tell you, I'm going to be praying with you and I'm going to be believing because you're saying, I'm praying the prayer of faith, and I'm going to be believing. This is why God wants to give you this, this power. It's not just so we can, you know, have a better time on Sunday morning, but for us to actually have impact in those other 165 hours that we have throughout the week. God wants to give that power to you. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.